Welcome to the SOS Church Stockholm podcast. We are an international church in the heart of Stockholm that meets every Sunday at 12 p.m. at Drottninggatan 81. The celebration is in English with translation into Swedish, Farsi, and Spanish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations, living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Hello, SOS Church! How are you today? Man, look at this church. You are beautiful. Did you know that? Did anybody tell you this morning? You look fantastic. I'm so excited to preach for you today, and I get to finish off the series finally free. And I just want to say a big, big thank you to Pastor Christopher. He gave me his notes. (laughs) This is a collaboration today. (laughs) And I hope I do them justice. Um, I also wanted to start off today by just honoring our pastor's team. Uh, Isaac and Maria, Douglas and Maria, Ellie and Christopher and Anna and Zablon and Julia and Elias. I love you. (laughs) I think the world of you. I'm I'm so impressed by your integrity, by your service, by your heart for people. I get to work really closely with them since I work for the church full time. And I get to see, you know, all of the background. And they're the real deal. And I love that about them. So I just wanted to say thank you for who you are and for all that you give. Um, So, my name is Whitney, like they said, and I'm the director of the Bible School. I'm married to Jacob, and I, yeah, and I got two beautiful bonus daughters out of that awesome deal, (laughs) and actually, we have one on the way. (laughs) That's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so happy. Um, (laughs) I love the response. Yeah, I'm pumped up too. (laughs) Um, But I don't know about you. I love to hear stories. I'm an elementary school teacher in my past. (laughs) And I, I mean, as a kid, everything, every lesson I learned was from my dad telling me a story. So I wanted to start out telling you a story this morning. It's about a little elephant. And this little elephant was so cute. But he was placed in a little pin, and he had a rope tied around his, around his foot, and it held him in the pin. And as he grew up, he just stood in that pin. He wasn't allowed to be free like the other elephants that he saw. He wasn't ar- allowed to be free to walk wherever he wanted to. He was stuck in the pin. And as he got older, they took the rope off of his foot, but he stayed in the pin. Because he was then, he had been conditioned, he had grown up so long in that pen, and that was all that he knew, that he was too afraid to go outside of the pen. He was even jealous of the other elephants that he saw walking around, like, why do they get to be free? Yet, he had all the possibility to be free, he just didn't take the step. And I think all of us can be like that at times in our lives. We're, we can just be like the elephant. We have the power to walk away and to find freedom from so many things, so many thoughts in our mind, freedom, but we don't take the step. Or we don't know how to take the step sometimes. 
And so that's what we're going to be preaching about today is how do you take the step to get free in your mind? How do, you, how do you walk out of slavery? How do you walk out of bondage or out of condemnation and out of fear? And um, in our series, we've been studying about how the Israelites have been in, sa- in slavery in Egypt, and we've been walking with them through the desert, and are now we're going to see how God is going to deliver them into the promised land. Um, And I really believe that just like the Israelites are stepping out into the promised land, that you can step out of a bad mindset, of a slave mindset, of a mindset that keeps you hindered, that keeps you um, from experiencing the free life that God really wants for you. Um, So can we stand up and pray together? (laughs) Awesome. And before we do, I just want to say thank you to all the friends that came in the room today to, to support me. And, and Noah and Esther came right on the front row. Come on. That's awesome. Let's pray over this word. Lord, we thank you that in your word is freedom, God. That the truth of your word is the, is the freedom that we need, God. I thank you, Lord, that, that everyone in this room is going to be able to hear your word today, that hear your heart for them, God. And we just ask that you would bless the word, that you would let the word be the thing that breaks chains over our minds today, God. Not what I say, Lord, not the funny stories that I share, God. No, it's your word that comes in our lives, and, he, and that changes things, God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here with us, Lord, as we read the word together and as we study together, God. I just pray that everything that comes from my mouth that is from you would stick, God, and everything else would just fall away, Lord. We just want your will to be done in this service today. And everyone said, amen. Awesome. Cool. Let's get started. Um, In my late 20s, I went through a season where I was really bound in depression, and it was very strange for me because I've been a person that is full of joy, and I've gotten so many comments like, Whitney, why do you smile and laugh all the time? And that was just how I was, but I ended up in a season where my mind was attacked nonstop, day after day after day. It was about three to four years long. And during that time, there were two main stories that I would tell myself that really kept me in a prison in my mind. And the first one was that I was not good enough. (laughs) I thought that my sin was the worst sin. (laughs) Nobody could have been worse than me. I was the worst sinner on the face of the planet. If anybody found out what I did they would never believe that I was a Christian. It was really tough. Uh, I mean, it was just constant condemnation, constant shame, and constant guilt. And the second uh, thought that would attack my mind is that I will never be free from depression. I will never live a happy life again. I will never have joy again. I will never be able to come out of this. And that's really a story of fear. The fear that something will never change. Um, And I was really just like the elephant, walking around in circles in my mind. And God was really trying to show me ways out. But it wasn't until I decided to take some of those, those ways 
that he was showing me, it wasn't until I decided to make some moves myself and in faith and say, okay, I'm going to step into something new now. Uh, It wasn't until then that I experienced a healing, and I had a radical healing. I mean, if you talk to my parents, they didn't recognize me for three years. They didn't, they, my mom literally looked at me one day and was like, where are you, Whitney? I don't, where is your smile? Who are you anymore? It was that radical, the, the change that happened in my life, and I'm so grateful. Uh, so maybe you're sitting here today, and maybe you aren't in a depression, but you have some limiting thoughts, limiting beliefs about yourself, things that people have spoken over you, things that you have believed your whole life because someone told you when you were young, that something that happened in a classroom where a teacher said, you will never do, you will never, <laughs> you will never succeed. I don't know what it is that you struggle with, what, what thought is a recurring thought in your mind, but I really believe that God can lead you out of it. You don't have to continue to believe what the enemy or what other people have said over your life. Uh, and, I, and I know that because I've been walking out of that prison. I've, I've followed those steps before. And, you know, it's something that I continue to have to work on because it's, it's uh, an easy way for the devil to trap me because he knows he's gotten me there before, right? So I'm preaching for you today. I'm preaching for me today too (laughs) because I know that this word is the only thing that can set me free whenever it comes to my mind. Um, Freedom comes by faith, believing that God can set you free. And the grace of God is what's going to give you the ability to trust in him again. Uh, Fear paralyzes you, but faith sets you free. One of my mentors told me this one time. She said, Whitney, fear is looking into the future and believing that God's not going to be there. But faith is looking into the future and seeing God with you there. And he is. He's with you in your future. He's with you where you're going. You don't have to believe the lie of the enemies that says that he's not there. He is there. He said in his word that he will never leave you, never forsake you. And um, she said this right in the middle of my depression, and it never left my mind. Every time I thought was um, just haunted by, by fears, this would come in my mind, and, and it took me a while to start believing it. <laughs> That's how it can be sometimes. So today we're going to find out how to have a free mind. And we need to know that we are not slaves of condemnation. That's my first point. We are not a slave of condemnation. We're going to step back into the Word of God now and see where the Israelites are in this story. They've seen the power of God whenever he miraculously brought them out of Egypt. His provision over them whenever he gave them the gold and the silver and all of these things that they carried out of Egypt with them. They've seen his healing power as they walked, like, I don't know, a million people or something like that. (laughs) I don't remember exactly the number, but so many people walking out of Egypt, no one stumbled or faltered, right? The healing power of God, they've seen him over and over again, yet they still get stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, And now they're at the border again. They're at the place where they can take the step, but the people are plagued with stories from their past, right? What they hear in their mind is the Pharaoh saying, you will never be free, you will always be a slave, you will always serve someone, you will never walk into your land, your own land. 
They, I will make you suffer. You're going to fail. We're coming after you, right? That's the story the Israelites are hearing. They hear Pharaoh's voice in their mind. But Moses has a different story. He remembers God meeting with him. Remember, Moses was standing at the burning bush, and God speaks to him powerfully. And he says in Exodus 3.8, God's speaking to Moses, and he says, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. <laughs> Got to say those fast. <laughs> but this is what Moses has in his mind. This is the story that Moses repeats to himself in his mind. He remembers, no, God is going to rescue us. We are going to walk into the promised land. He knows. That's the story he tells himself. And um, we tell ourselves stories. Your mind is like a cassette tape player. And I have a picture of a cassette tape here. Yeah. I don't know how many people grew up with cassette tapes in here. (laughs) Hopefully a lot of you know what they are, right? (laughs) Your mind is just like a cassette tape player. You can put in, you can choose what tape you play. You get to choose. And the tape that you play may be the story that you believe about yourself. What do you hear? How do you talk to yourself? What stories are you telling yourself about your situation? Um, You have the choice. You can continue to listen to those old dead stories Or you can change the tape. You can put something else in. You can choose to say, no, I'm not going to believe that lie about myself that somebody else said or that the devil tried to get me to believe. No, I'm going to take the tape out and I'm going to replace it with the word of God. This is so powerful. If you can just get yourself to, instead of believing those stupid dead lies... To just open up his word. God, what do you say about me? You said in Psalms 139 that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You said that I can have victory. You said that I am clean. Lord, that I am righteous. That I am a princess in your kingdom. Stop believing what someone else said about you. It's not true. It's not true. Um. See, the Israelites had Pharaoh's voice on repeat in in their mind, and they would never walk into the promised land until they had that changed. They needed a new thought from God. Get a new thought about your situation from God. Read his word. Put on some worship music. Get a new thought for your situation. Joshua, who was the leader after Moses, he needed a new mindset from God. He really had faith in God, but he didn't know quite if he could be the one to lead them into the promised land, right? Uh, And God speaks to him, and he gives him a word to stand on. And that's what we're going to read here in Joshua 1, 8 and 9. It says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. See, God gave him a new story 
to tell himself a new word, to speak. No, I can, I can meditate on this word. I can think about the word that you've given me, God. I, can, I know I can be strong and courageous. God is with me wherever I go, right? And that's why we have the Bible today, so that we can take those same truths and we can speak them out and believe them for ourselves. Um, when, when Joshua got his mind right, he was able to then lead the people to do what was right. And he speaks, God speaks to Joshua and shows them how this change is going to happen. And they have to, they have to actually take some action here. Joshua uh, 5, 6, and 9 Uh, The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. They had something in their life that needed to be cut away. And at times, we need to cut away sin from our lives. We also need to cut away dead thoughts. You can't move forward with dead weight, right? You've got to cut it off. You've got to say, no, I will not engage in that thought any longer. But you have to make the choice, right? (laughs) There has to be some kind of action involved. In verse 8 and 9, it says, And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. After 400 years in slavery, their reproach was rolled away. And, you know, I feel like the word reproach is a word that you kind of just like assume that you know right? (laughs) Like, I kind of know what it means. (laughs) It's like one of those words in the Bible, like, yeah, the reproach. Yeah, I know what it means, (laughs) but I didn't really. (laughs) I looked it up this week. (laughs) What does that word actually mean? And it has two main definitions, and this is powerful. The first one is the taunt of the enemy. He rolled away the taunt of Egypt from them. And the second one is the shame, And I really believe that God wants to roll away the taunt of the enemy over your life, the ridicule from your life. He wants to roll that away. He wants to take away that shame. You have no business living in shame. There's nothing that shame can do for you. Shame does not promote change in your life. Shame just makes you feel worse about yourself. Let God roll that away from your life. Yeah. You know, that's what it says in Romans 8, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. Once you come to God and you confess your sin and you say, Lord, you, thank you that you died on the cross. You took my shame and my guilt. You took every mistake I've ever made on that cross. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your sacrifice. Once you come to him and you give it to him, there's no more. There's nothing you can be condemned for. That's why it's so powerful that the, that the Holy Spirit is, is described as the advocate. Because he is our lawyer in the court of law. We cannot be condemned any longer. He stands and he says, no, this one is, is not guilty. This one's innocent because they have the blood of Jesus on their lives. 
They have forgiveness. They are in Christ Jesus. So their, their debt has already been paid. You don't need any condemnation in your life. Romans 12 and 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind in the Word of God. Every time, I mean, this is not something, it can happen one time, you get free and you're free forever. I would love to be that person that has no more <laughs> thoughts of condemnation or fear. But this is something that, there's going to be times in your life that you have to fight it more than others. And then you need to come back and have your mind renewed by the Word of God again. It takes time to have a new mindset. And um, one scripture that I come back to a lot is Philippians 4 and 8, where it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Put your mind on the things of God. Put your mind on the truth of his word. Put your mind on what is right, what is pure about you. And you can be free from condemnation. Uh, point number two is no, you're no longer a slave of fear. Fear can keep you walking in the desert, right? They were all terrified of those big giants in the promised land. They were just walking and walking. They, fear just keeps you a slave, um, fear will just paralyze you. Um, and Joshua is really ready to lead the people into the promised land. And God says to him in Joshua 1 and 3, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. So something was going to happen if they just dared to walk again, if they just dared to walk into the promised land. And that's what we need to do. We need to dare to take the path. We need to dare to take a new step in God. Whenever I was in college, I used to run a lot. I don't anymore. <laughs> I kind of gave it up. <laughs> but when I did, I usually took the same path. I knew how long I would be running. I knew exactly where I was going. It was familiar. It was the same route every time. And um, that's what we do in our minds if we don't pay attention. Something happens and we take the same route, that same thought. And we rehearse the same thought. Um, and when you're trying to change your mindset, you have to break that pattern. And you have to make a new path. And whenever you make a new path, you have to move rocks and branches out of the way. You have to do some work to find a new path. And that's what scientists call neuroplasticity. Your brain can change, right? You're making new neural pathways, new connections. And how do you do that? By filling your mind with new experiences and new perspectives. And the best thing I think that you can fill your mind with is the Word of God, with prayer, with worship, by, by opening your mind to what God has to say about your situation. And, but you have to do it. <laughs> It's not going to just happen one day that you're going to wake up and, oh, now I have new thoughts. No, it's a daily thing that you do, that you choose to meditate on what is right and what is true, and you choose to make a new connection. You choose to say no to fear. Um, you have to get up and walk again with Jesus. And it says in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, let us run with perseverance. That means you have to stay with it to the end. 
the race marked out for us. And how do we know where to go on our race? We fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. The Israelites are going to set out to take the promised land uh, with the first city, Jericho. And we know this story because God gives them a really strange strategy, right? Yeah, he gives them this crazy new thought. And their, their thought is that they're going to walk around the city six times, or every day for six days. And on the seventh day, they're going to walk around seven times, and then they're going to shout hallelujah and blow a trumpet. And, and they're like, yeah, I guess we're going to do that. <laughs> But the Israelites know that they're not doing it alone, right? They know that God is going before them. God is walking with them. They have their eyes fixed on him and what he's called them to do. And they understand it's not their own walking around the city that's going to make the walls fall down. It's that God is doing it. So you need to take that new thought from God and you run with it. Whatever it is, whatever you believe that God is telling you to do in your life, maybe For me, it was I needed to change my diet. I needed to hang out with people more and not isolate myself. I needed to exercise at least four times a week, and I needed to fast and pray once a month. And I did that for a long time, (laughs) and it was the change that happened. That was how God brought healing to me is through all of those things. He told me to do every single one of them. He didn't just tell me to do one thing. He kept speaking to me, okay, now, Whitney, you need to exercise. Now you need to go and meet friends and get uh, plugged in and young adults back in Georgia because I didn't want to see anybody anymore. (laughs) Um, But take that new thought from God and run with it. He will lead you out of freedom if you fix your eyes on Jesus. You're called to walk in his footprints. Um... And if you're not a slave to fear and condemnation any longer, then who are you? You are a child of God. You are his child. Whenever I go home uh, to my parents in the States, I don't go in and say, hey, uh, can I sit here? No, I throw my stuff in my room. I go in the the refrigerator. I open it up, and I usually take the Fruity Pebbles or (laughs) the biscuits or (laughs) my American friends understand me. All the sugary cereals, I take whatever I want. I sit on their couch. I make myself at home because they're my parents. I'm their child, right? You're God's child. You don't need to tiptoe around him or be afraid that he's going to punish you. He doesn't want to punish you. He loves you. You're precious to him. You don't need to act like, oh, uh, you know, is it okay? Can you please give me freedom? No, he delights to that. You are precious. He wants the very best for you. He wants you to have a free life. He wants you to have joy, just overwhelming joy. He doesn't want you to live in bondage in your mind. Um, There's a difference between a slave and a son, right? A slave is bound by something. A, A slave is bound to a master. They don't have freedom. They don't get to choose what they do or when they do it. They have to work hard. They have no possessions, no value, no rights. But a son knows his position in the house. A son is loved. A son is, uh, has rights. A son has an inheritance, right? And that's just like us with God. He says in his word that we have been adopted by him whenever we believe in him. We are adopted. We are taken into his family. And we have the legal right to claim his inheritance, right? 
In Romans 8 and 15, it says, The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. You are sons and daughters of God. You are precious to him. You really need to know who you are. Really, I think it breaks the Father's heart when we don't realize that we are his children, that he wants to take care of us, that he wants to be close with us. He wants to, take, he wants to know every thought, every, every question, every desire of your heart. He really wants to know. I have some more verses here about being a child of God. John 1 and 12 says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, So in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We are heirs. We have his inheritance. We can claim the promises of God. We can walk in freedom. We don't have to be uh, guilted and and, uh, just plagued by fear. We can really live a free life. I have one final story that I love, and I wanted to read it to you today, and it's about an eagle. So a farmer was on the mountain, and he saw in one tree the nest of an eagle. In that nest, there were some eggs, and the farmer took one of the eggs and put it in his pocket very carefully. The farmer was a chicken farmer, and he took that egg and put it under a chicken at his farm, and he watched it to make sure everything went well. The chickens hatched first, and when they do, they're perfect and they're cute. They can run all over, and a little while later, the uh, eagle hatched. And when that eagle hatched, it was bald. (laughs) It was bald, naked, and helpless. So the farmer gave special attention to that little eaglet. He wanted it to grow. It grew feathers and his eyes opened, and soon it was running with all of its chicken brothers and sisters. It learned all the chicken beliefs and behaviors, scratching at the dust. It looked different from the chickens, though. They said, that one is our funny brother. (laughs) But the eaglet grew and grew, and it grew to be like a chicken. One day, the farmer said a commotion happened. The eaglet's mother arrived flying over the chicken farm, And suddenly, the eagle's mother saw her son down there among all the chickens. She was flying lower and lower as the farmer was looking out of the kitchen window. Suddenly, she cried out from the sky. When that young eaglet heard that cry that he had never heard before, he froze. For the first time in his life, he looked up and he suddenly knew that he had come from a high mountain. He thought that the chicken yard was where he came from. When the mother eagle kept crying, he now knew what he'd never known before. My home isn't here. My home is up there. The young eagle began to fly, and as he flew higher and higher, he said, Goodbye, you stupid chickens. I knew I didn't belong to you. My home is up there. Jesus is calling you. He's saying, You are my child. Stop poking around at the ground looking at your fear, looking about all the things that you've done wrong, and look up at me. I'm your father. You're supposed to be soaring with me. You should be free with me.
When we know our identity as a child of God, we can soar with him. We can take off everything that is weighing us down, and we can look up to him and see who we really are. Um, You can live without fear and condemnation. You can walk with peace in your heart and your mind. You don't have to listen to those bad, dead thoughts, right? Galatians 5 and 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And John 8 and 32 says, Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Believe the truth of his word whenever he says that you are my child. I have adopted you. You are precious in my sight. You are a treasure to me. You are my treasured possession. That's one of the scriptures that he says. You are my treasured possession. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. 